Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. <clears throat> Everybody's here, we're all here, we're all doing football. Uh, we've got transfer news. The transfer window is closed, so we'll get to find out how the teams will look going forward. We've got reviews of last week's games, previews of this week's games, predicting these week's games, and everything in between. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop reviews you want to drop, and share the podcast around. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. It's that voice again, ladies and gentlemen. She tells it as it is. The recording is in progress. So we'll bring you some delightful football-based news, some football-based predictions, and some football-based results from the last week. Welcome along to CookieCast Presents the Football Podcast with myself, Middlesbrough correspondent Paul Williams. We are also joined by Hull correspondent Stuart Woodmansey. How are you? Hello, um, I'm all good. Thank you very much. Excellent. Good to hear it. Joined by Nottingham Forest correspondent Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Good. Good. Yeah. You know, cracking on. Good stuff. And all round football guru and king of predictions, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? Confused. Well, I know something you don't know, so uh, that's, that that will become apparent later on in the show. So we come, we come to you on a uh, the, the closure of the transfer window. So this will be the show where we round up the last minute dealings of our our respective clubs and. Um, the, the, the squads that they're going to be going with now until the end of the season. Uh, they are still able to add free agents, of course, uh, as they're not currently contracted to any particular clubs. So if there is a free agent out there that needs a new home and can score, I don't know, 25 goals or something like that, you might see him join one of our clubs. But I'll just go through the, uh, the roundup of the Middlesbrough transfers that took place since last week. So there were two players in, and up until about an hour ago, three players out, and one player left as if from nowhere. So the, they started with an, uh, with an in, the recruitment of a central midfielder. It was Dan Barlazer uh, from Rotherham United. He was coming to the end of his contract, but apparently had made, his, uh, he'd made it known to the club that he'd prefer to leave now so the club, the club could get a fee for him rather than just him leaving in the summer for nothing and the uh, club don't get anything. Um, I don't think the uh, the fee was announced. Go on, go on, Stu. I, that, that particular statement that they put out, whoa, what a fucking hero. You're on a contract, pal. Just see it out. You, you want to leave. You've been a twat about it and you're trying to make yourself look like you're awesome. Go away. 
it's the ultimate don't hate me because I left you kind of move into yeah. oh I left in the in the in the in the winter so that you could get some pennies for me. You probably got a bag of chips and uh, a fiver just to kind of you know to on the way out, but you know I didn't I didn't go for nothing. Well, listen, I, I think I think the the, the fees obviously not been disclosed, but I think the the talks are that it was it was in excess of a million pounds structured in a variety of different ways. So it's it's better than it's better than now and they don't have to pay him any more wages. So win win. Well well I'd say not, not exactly win win because he obviously loses productivity on the team, shall we say. Uh, but he'll probably come in as cover for Johnny Housen. Um you'd imagine he'll probably play um, so they might see a little bit of rotation with either him or Hayden Hackney in the centre of the midfield. Um, that was before deadline day, and then when deadline day came, we saw the first departure. Uh, sadly, from a, from a podcast predictions perspective, Andy won't be able to say the words "what more" anymore, as Big Dunk or the Ginger Messi, as he was obviously known, has made his way. To Millwall again for an undisclosed fee. Um, he came in during the uh, the lockdown uh, in 2020 uh, and did all right. Uh, I think he got 21 goals in 90 something appearances. So not prolific by any stretch of the imagination, but scored some important goals uh, in important games where they needed him uh, and was obviously was the the main protagonist in that. Uh, that goal, that goal against Man United that uh, sparked a lot of controversy and then ended up with the uh, penalty, win, penalty sure I'll win to take Borough in the, uh, the fifth round last season. So, uh, did his job spectacularly well when he was there. Uh, and he'll be missed by the uh, by the Borough faithful, but he's gone on to Millwall for more game time and a, and a longer guaranteed contract. Uh, the next player in was a loan, a loan deal for uh, Aaron Ramsey. No, not that one. Uh, signed from Aston Villa uh, on loan until the end of the season. Creative midfielder. So will play probably in behind the central striker. Obviously, the uh, the earlier window stand of Cameron Archer, also from Aston Villa, means those two will get a chance to link up again. Um, quite looked, quite like the look of what I've seen of him so far. He's, uh, he's, he's some, some neat touches. He was on loan at Norwich. Earlier in the season, and had scored uh, I think three goals in like twenty games, a couple of assists here and there. So it'd just be an extra different option in behind the strikers. Uh, and then the last, the last number of, uh, of moves were loan deals. Um, uh, striker Matthew Hoppy has gone to Hibernian on loan, so you'll get to enjoy their lovely uh, steep raped seating. In the stands, as uh, as we did at the weekend, um, definitely thought one part was going to fall and break my neck. But uh, hopefully, if he's lucky, he won't have to spend any time in the stands, as he'll be out on the pitch. Uh, so yeah, so hopefully Matthew Hoppy will go out, get some game time, get some goals, uh, and come back and maybe uh, try for a first team berth next season. Uh, the last one that went out on loan. Uh, was a youth team player, Callum Kavanagh. Hasn't really made any appearances for the first team yet, maybe a couple of uh, some appearances in the Cup, um, but nothing major. Just moment, he's gone to Newport County on loan 
for the rest of the season. So fingers crossed he'll be able to get some game time, start his career, uh, get it kicked off. He went on loan to Harrogate last season, but it didn't really pan out as, uh, as everyone thought. Didn't really kick on. So hopefully this move will get the uh, the requisite stats for Mr. Kavanagh. The last one, like I say, came in the last couple of hours and was a contract termination of a player they'd only signed in last season's January transfer window. As a central midfielder, Palin Boyd Munts, um, who had just mutually agreed that his contract would be terminated to allow him to go on to other avenues. Now, I don't know if that's a team that he's got lined up or if he felt that he could just take his chances and get a, get a, get a move at some point in the next couple of weeks whilst the uh, uh, free agent window is still open. I think there is a registration point at some point in March where you have to have all, all players have to be signed by that point. But he now just basically goes into, into the wilderness. Only ever played four games for the Borough, so not what be a great miss from that perspective, but obviously uh, just a, a departure. So, uh, yeah, it would uh, fill you in on it. That's the Borough business out of me. Um, there's a couple of dealings at Hull, uh, a couple of, uh, of ins, a couple of outs. Uh, well, they, they left it right until deadline day. They decided after the podcast last week, they were like, no, we're not going to do anything. And then we're going to make Stu do all the research in one day. Um, so um, I have I haven't got any idea which order these were in. I have just gone for outs and ins. So on the way out the door, uh, Tyler Smith, who uh, striker for Hull, has gone to Oxford on loan until the end of the season. Uh, little surprised at that. Um, I can understand it, but he's he's looked good in the flashes where he's had his chances. Um, scored a few goals already for us this season. Um, but yeah, he's again probably more of a game time thing than anything else because there's a, there's definitely a few in front of him in the in the pecking order. But we seem to be a bit injury uh, prone again at the moment, so I guess that might leave us a little short. But time will tell. Um, so one for the fans of the longest name in football, Salah Adin Aulad Mahand has gone back to Arsenal after a bit of an injury-plague loan spell. Um, I'd love to tell you he was a great player, but genuinely didn't see him play, so uh, he's, he's away back. And then some of the um, the younger squad players, James Scott has actually left the club on a permanent deal for an undisclosed fee. Uh, Striker has gone made his way to Exeter. Um, over three years with the club, he had 36 appearances and scored four goals, so feels a bit like not not cutting the dead wood but obviously he's he's just not really had, had a chance so he's he's away on on his bike uh, as is Josh Emmanuel although the journey is a little shorter for this guy because he's a defender that's made him made his way over the Humber Bridge to Grimsby Town for an undisclosed fee again on a permanent deal um 38 appearances for the club over two and a half years uh, i think both of the former were um Players that featured probably a little more in League One than they have, you know, in in the times of the Championship again for for City. So um, maybe dropping down a level to try and find some form and, and help them respective teams out. Um, a couple of ins, and that's all we had was to, so 
what, four out the door, two in, kinda. So the definite in is Carl Darlow from Newcastle, the goalkeeper on loan until the end of the season. However, I believe that name may ring a little more prominent with one member of the podcast as he is a former Nottingham Forest fan, uh, Nottingham Forest goalkeeper even. Maybe still, maybe former Forest fan as well because he was, he is a Forest fan, but also, you know, maybe now after the abuse he got for leaving Forest for Newcastle, he perhaps doesn't support the club anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can only imagine again this is a cover signing. Um, there was not a sniff of anything permanent. Um, I mean, the form that, as much as it pains me to say it, New, the Newcastle goalie Nick Pope is in at the moment. Um, chances of him seeing. Any game time is probably slim to none. So, who knows? He's got a chance of uh, competing for for a start, at least, at Hull. And I don't think this is the next one has happened very often, if ever, at Hull. Um, I mean, maybe in the Premier League days, but my my memory is not what it used to be. Uh, We've bought a player called Uriel Selly from Carlos a Manucci, a Peruvian club, not a drug dealer, um, and for an undisclosed fee. He's a 20-year-old attacking midfielder, but he has been loaned straight back out to a different Peruvian side from the one with, than which we bought him. to a club, club Universitario de Deportes for one year. So I, when it says one year, I assume that means that we don't get him to play for Hull until at least January next year. Um, obviously, looking to the future, I mean, is it is it a Rossini decision, this one? Probably not. Um, mind as the uh, new owner's only been in post one year and we've already had two managers, so we shall, uh, we shall see. Uh, don't really know much about him, but I guess it's good that there's an eye for the future, maybe. Um, but only only time will tell. So I don't know how we're classing that really. Like what four four and a half outs and one and a half in? Does that sound about right? It's like the uh, the gif of uh, was it Grandad in The Simpsons where he goes into the strip club and he kind of walks through the door, walks, <laughs> does a little turn around, hangs his hat up and then does a little turn around and then goes back out again. You're like, all right, okay then. So you came in, but then you went back out again kind of thing, but you didn't really stop that long. Probably the only player in the history of the club, if we're going for tenuous stats, that has managed to sign for Hull, but not left Peru by the sounds of things. Is uh... yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that was it. That was that was the whole business. Um no sign of any um, free agencies at the time of recording. So yeah, so that that now obviously there's been quite a bit at Hull, probably a little bit less at Borough, maybe. But now surely this is like the undercard leading up to the main event for the amount of signings that Forrest have put away this this uh, this season. So I'm guessing Matt's about to lay a, lay at least 25 minutes of. What is that right? Out of everybody, I think Forrest signed the least amount of players in the past uh, few days. So, fuck absolutely. Well, let's let's have it then. Uh, so uh, we'll do. I, I mean, I'd, I'd 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 assume that we might be going through the whole transfer window. So I put I put everybody down. But I'll. Uh, I think we touched on Chris Wood last week. I think he'd signed by 
to Forest on loan last week. Uh, but then on uh, on transfer deadline day, <clears throat> I think the I think they've addressed need as opposed to just accumulating players this time, which is probably better. Uh, so the first, as you know, as by Sky Sports announcing them, which is you know the Oracle, um, uh, Felipe was the first one to be signed. A thirty-three-year-old Brazilian defender has played two times for. Um, uh, played played two, twice for uh, Brazil. Uh, signed from Atletico, where he was on the bench, I think, but hasn't played in a while. So that's that one. Uh, next up to be announced was John Joe Shelby. Um, both of these are on in, in the, these are the kind of the Middlesbrough bag of chips and a fiver kind of deal. I think it's these undisclosed. God, six months left on the contract. Knock off. Right, knock down price because they're perhaps not getting a game or something. Well, obviously with these two, I think it's because they're not getting as much of a game as they'd like at the moment and think they can come and play it. John, John Joe went full... Uh, he, he wasn't just a bag of chips and a fiver, though. He went for his victory lap at half-time during the... I know, game. I saw that. I was like, all right, then fine. And then after the window had closed, but kind of... You know, it made it under the thing. They signed... Kayla Navas, uh, the PSG goalkeeper, Costa Rica international, has won um, Champions Leagues with uh, with Madrid. So obviously that means Forest are going to be winning the Champions League in like next season or something like that. That sounds about right. Um, Was that a permanent one? Matt? No, that's a loan, and it's a as as. Uh, as, as, what, what, do they, what do they call it? I can't. I can't think. What Sky have a really kind of unusual way of announcing it. A, not a simple loan, but like a, a proper loan. I can't. It's like this kind of thing of. It's literally he's he's staying till the summer and then he's going back to PSG. Kind of, I can't think. Sky have this really weird turn of phrase when they announce these kind of loans. I see Paul's kind of going through the roller decks of what they call it. It's re- a really weird kind of. Um, Turn of phrase, but yeah, so he's in. I think as initially, oh, I don't say cover for Henderson, but him and Henderson will be vying for the starting uh, thing in goal because I watched. I've not. I've not seen the uh, well. Spoiler alert! I've not seen the Man United goals yet, but I saw Wayne Hennessy go down in stages to try and save Veghorst's header that hit the post. And there was not a cat in the house chance he was getting towards that header, and I feel like that I could have given it a good go at getting to it as well. So yeah, it, it it's probably about time that we needed somebody as a better backup. <clears throat> um, players out. Um, so we had Canate who went to Oxford. I think I mentioned that one last week. Aaron Donnelly who went to Port Vale on loan. Dale Taylor's gone to Burton on loan. If anybody wants a really good laugh, try and find the video announcing that on the Burton Albion socials. It's to Emmerdale Farm. Uh, it's hacky, uh, kind of low budget. It's terrible, but also absolutely wonderful. Um, Brandon Aguilera. So it's a similar kind of deal to your guy from Peru. But Aguilera has done his time in uh, Costa Rica, I think now. 
and now he's gone to Estoril in Portugal, so he's getting closer to playing in England, just not quite yet. Um, he's got uh, all them big like world maps where you scratch the thing off, and it's like trying that, to build a set. That must be part of his deal. He's like, I, I at least want to get five of these done before, uh, before <laughs> I come to London. Um, and obviously, I think we mentioned Josh Bowler was at the start of the transfer window. Some weird ones. Lewis O'Brien might be going on loan to Blackpool, but we're not quite sure. It's a bit that kind of thing. Like I could have passed my GCSEs, but I didn't fill the forms in. So I think was there's an element Black- of that. Was it Blackburn? Blackburn, yeah, yeah. I was going to say because I thought I'd heard something where they were trying to agree uh, again, and all these ones where it's like loan, but with an obligation that if they get promoted, they'll buy them for a set fee or something like that. I think that was, I think that was the weird one. I think Forrest initially was just going to send him out on loan till the end of the season, and then all of a sudden went. Ugh. Everybody else seems to be charged doing loans with obligations to buy when we when we sell, send a player out on loan. Maybe we can get on with a bit of that and we can make ten million. <sighs> Apparently, I, I don't know whether Blackburn had fell for it, and we're gonna we're gonna go with it. But um, but I, I don't. It's one of them ones where they're not quite sure if that's gone through. Um, I, I would suggest that people keep an eye on Forest moving through the next week or so. Because I think some players will start to be released in that similar kind of vein. Steve Cook possibly, I think, is possibly going to be will possibly be released so he can go and play somewhere. Uh, I know Luton, Stoke, and a couple of other teams are interested in him. Um, Lyle Taylor, um, players like that that are not going to get a sniff this year yeah. might be made available. Um, yeah, you know, just the six in through. Um, through the transfer window, so you know, slack. It's almost as if they just ran out of time, money, effort, all of the above. But there you go. There is your transfer deadline day roundup, and just sort of our weekly updates who'd come and gone from our respective clubs. So that just leaves us with the. Uh, the week 24 predictions to go through before we'll make our predictions for next week's games. But before we get started on week 24's games that we need to go through from a results perspective, we're just going to refresh ourselves just very slightly and then we'll come back to you ready and raring to go. So, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with you. Recording in progress. She isn't lying, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. So, week 24 begun, or began, even, in the East Riding of Yorkshire, where Hull City took on Queen's Park Rangers. Now, I had to double-check this one, Mr. Woodmancy, because when I was looking at it, I was horrified by something I saw. And I don't know if it was because it was his birthday, and they felt sorry for him. But did I read that correct? Yeah. So, I fully expected us to get stuffed on this game. And as it turns out, the only person that can get stuffed is Paul for calling Connolly uh, all the things he's called him over the last few weeks on the podcast. However, I feel that this is potentially also what can now collectively be known as cookie-cast karma 
on the basis of I've spent the last however long telling you how crap Marcus Falls is and he started scoring for Middlesbrough. As soon as we signed Aaron Connolly, um, I'm pretty sure Paul had only just finished laughing by the time that the game kicked off on Saturday. And then Connolly goes and sticks two away. So uh, the final score was Hull 3, QPR nil, to the delight of everybody in the MKM. Um, and even those many, many miles away. Um, so Connolly did score after 10 minutes. Um, there was a bit of a dicky own goal after 62 minutes, scored by Dickey. And uh, then Connolly finished the scoring for the day on 64 minutes. Um, now, the camera angles on the, re- on the, like, the highlights I've seen aren't amazing. But either he was really offside or he's just lightning fast because it was just a long ball down the middle. Seri picked him out and he was like off like a shot. He seemed to have like a, like a full bus length between him and the back line. Don't, don't get me wrong. That was one thing I no, you could never have a you could never have complained about when he played for the Borough. He was quick. He was very very fat. Just didn't know what to do with his legs when it was a round shaped item between. Well, the the, the third the third particularly, um, I enjoyed the lovely finish. Just passed it into the bottom uh, right hand corner. Like the keeper had no chance really. Um, the own goal was uh, after good work from Tufan who just pinged it in across the box and it just got deflected in. Um, but by all accounts, I think Cyrus Christie had a very good game as well, um, having a go himself a couple of times, but good work from him actually created the first. Uh, seeing from everything I've seen and read, like a very good performance. Um, that now leaves QPR without a win in seven games. And I only mention that because... I think uh, Borough have got QPR very shortly and um, we know how this tends to go for our teams. So bear that in mind for your predictions, fellas. <laughs> well, yeah, there's also that. And then also there's the fact that Lindenbeck's not scored in like, what appears to be like 10 years. So he's nailed on for like a double hat trick or something like that. So yes, 3-0 to Hull. Two goals for Connolly. I mean, I'm, I'm just as shocked as everybody else is. Uh, even so, um, <laughs> the the group of Middlesbrough fans that I have a WhatsApp group with were also as shocked as they had sent messages through to say, oh, good Lord, it's actually happened. He's actually scored. And then, oh, my God, he's actually scored again, etc., etc. So this came as literally a shock to everybody in Predictions-wise, uh, Mr. Woodbunty was, was, was pessimistic and had gone for a 2-1 Queen's Park Rangers win. So, had picked three goals, he's not in the correct space. No goal scorers picked either. You had Longman to score for Hull, Willock and Dykes to score for Queen's Park Rangers. Zero points there. Um, Mr. Moore and Mr. Cook had both gone for 1-1 draws. They had both picked Esther Pinian to score for Hull. Willock and Dykes, respectively, the score for Queen's Park Rangers. No points there. I, on the other hand, was the optimistic one, who went for the 1-0 Hull City win. Esther Pinian to score the goal, so no points for the goal scorer, but one point for the result. 
So after one game, everyone else, everyone else still gets to score, and me with the one point. We moved to the second game of the week, which saw Middlesbrough take on Watford. Uh, this one uh, saw our first a start for Cameron Archer um, and an enforced change at the back, uh, coming off the back of Dale Fry's red card in the Tees Weir derby last week. Um, so he'll be missing for at least another two games. Um, so Paddy McNair came into the back four. He was another player who was potentially on the market yesterday, but has actually stayed with the club. Um, so you'd imagine he'll play at least another two games whilst Dale Fry's suspension is still being enforced. Um, looks, uh, looks as if it was a bit of a tricky start at first. Um, a bit cagey from both sides. And Moore uh, managed to take the lead in around the 35th minute. Um, looked a bit of a scrappy goal. Uh, the ball was worked away on the, on the right-hand side. And it crossed into the box. Um, sort of bounced around Tuberac. Uh, I'm trying to sort of get on the end of something. And then managed to, when the ball popped back up, he managed to head it. But almost misheaded the ball. Um, it's one of those ones where if he makes a clean contact, contact on it, the, the defender probably clears the ball because he's read the flight of it. Because he completely buggers up the header, the defender goes to clear the ball early and completely obviously misses his kick and sort of out of the ball just triggers the goal. Uh, and then just before the half time whistle was blown, um, there was another breakdown on the right hand side. Marcus Force ended up with the ball in the box um, and stuck it away. Nice, nice, well-worked team goal again so to take a 2-0 lead uh, into the second half. And uh, that's, that's how the game finished. Nothing really much of note in the second half took, uh, took place. Uh, so the game finished 2-0 to the Borough. Um, Mr Moore had gone for a 2-1 Watford win. Sadly, no Watford goal scorers, so no points there. He did, however, have a pom to score for the Borough, so it does manage to get a point there. Mr Woodmansey had gone for a 2-2 draw with Crooks and McGree to score for the Borough. Siren Bayo to score for Watford, so sadly no points there for Mr Woodmansey. I had gone for a 1-1 draw. Didn't see uh, didn't see us being uh, good enough to put, the, uh, put Watford to the sword in this one, sadly. I had Saar to score for Watford and Akpom to score for the Borough. So I get myself a point there for the goal scorer at no points for the result. So you know I said that Mr Cook is clearly the king of predictions. Well, it's basically based on this game. So obviously it was 2-0 to the Borough with Akpom and Fawes who scored the goals. So Andy steaming in with his 2-0 prediction with Fawes and Akpom to score. Just absolutely nails it gets himself the two points for the correct scoreline and then two extra points for the correct scorers. I was tempted. In fact, I, I say I'm tempted. I'm not tempted anymore. I'm just going to give it to him. I did give him four points. I'm going to give him a bonus point because that's absolutely fantastic. So getting five points just for that one game, Mr Andrew Cook, well played, sir. We move on. So our final game of week 24, which saw Manchester United take on Nottingham Forest in the second leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. Now this one may or may not have just been completed as we speak. How did it go, Mr. Moore? I think, mean, like from from 
like watching the watching the kind of coverage and stuff like that, it seemed like Forest held their own for a while, and then United thought, ah, well, we'll stick our best players on, like Marcus Rashford, and then Marcus Rashford set up two goals for Anthony Martial and Fred, uh, and yeah, Forest lost two nil, five nil on aggregate. Um, yeah, but it's been a nice cup run, but kind of ends there. And fully expected. Yeah, I think as we probably covered it in the podcast last week, it was it, the, the game, the, the tie was pretty much over from the first leg. Uh, losing 3 0 at home is never going to be something that's easy to come back from, sadly. Um, yeah, so Man United win 5 0 progress. They are now, dare I say, everyone on this podcast's uh, favourites. Um, for the final. We're all Man United fans on the 29th of February. Um, is it the 29th of February? No, it can't be the 29th of February. 28th, I think. 28th, 26th. I will say, though, that con- considering that, you know, with, with the respect that the, the Forest took a battering in, in that first leg, they came, they definitely came to actually play some more positive football, and during the first half particularly, I'd say Man United definitely had more of the possession in the second leg at first half. But the two best chances of the first half fell to Forest. One of them was uh, Brennan Johnson, and the other was Dennis. But if they, I don't know how many times they needed to say this, but it is true. Like if if one of those had dropped in, it would have changed the sort of the outlook of the game for sure but then based on what we saw later on does that mean that he'd just have replaced that front three sooner yeah 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 I think it would have just been like yeah if Forrest would have got one of I mean I think they had two decent chances in the first half I think if they would have taken either or both of the both of those then probably would have seen the change happen at half time, if not just after half time, just to make kind of hundred percent sure. I think you know, I think they do really, really want to win a trophy this year, which is quite good. You know, and the fact that you know they're still in, still in the FA Cup. Man United, yeah, they beat yeah. Reading. I say they beat Reading. They they beat them in the FA Cup, but Andy Carroll beat the absolute crap out of Christian Eriksen. So. Oh God, yeah. Because um, when they when they were sorry, just on that on that thought, when they were doing the um, the draw for the fifth round, they uh, they dropped in a stat that apparently Man United are unbeaten in uh, their last eight FA Cup ties where they've been drawn at home. No, they absolutely are. But you know, that's not for me to say. Carry on, Matt. I should uh, I should actually shout out Rob at this point because uh, my friend Rob's got he's a Man United fan and he's got one of the um, cup season tickets. So normally you like get two or three games maybe <laughs> like guaranteed a year. Whereas I think he's quite literally paying for this right now. <laughs> right now they keep getting drawn at home in everything. Anyway, Matthew finishes finishes off. I was going to say, tell me that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just that yeah, it's a nice to have a cup run. It kind of I think it bred a bit of confidence into the team at a time when they were probably struggling for it. But yeah, I think Man United are probably gonna they're looking to get a trophy or two 
in Ten Hag's first season for him to prove people wrong, for them to kind of set themselves straight. And uh, yeah, look forward to 26th of February, uh, the final. So uh, don't want to say I'm yeah. looking forward to it, but you know. Fingers, fingers crossed by that he can, uh, you know, get the uh, get the job done on the 26th of February. You know, don't let us all have to suffer the indignation of having to listen to that lot talk about the fact that they've broken their trophy, bro. I just don't want to, I don't have to move house. Yeah. If anyone remembers what it was like when, when Liverpool won during COVID, because nobody was there to watch it, clearly. Um, but you, that that kind of slight ringing in your ears if you've been within ten foot of a Liverpool fan since. Imagine that, but with a slight Geordie twang and times by fifty odd thousand. So, so what yeah. you say is get out and eat a load of bats as quickly as you can, so we can get COVID going again. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be there. Uh, it, it is, of course, at this point that we have to say the views of Mister Moore. Are not the views reflected by the Cookie Cast podcast network or any platform that that particular network may be broadcast on, etc. etc. Anyway, from a predictions perspective, Mr. Cook had gone for a 1 1 draw. Rashford and Gibbs White the draw. I'm afraid that is zero points. Right there for Mr. Uh, Mr. Cook. Myself and Mr. Moore had both on 3 0 Manchester United wins. Uh, so we both get ourselves a point there. Uh, however, I had picked Rashford and Weghorst for the goals, whereas Matt had picked Rashford, Ericsson, and Fred for the goals. Unbelievably. Um, so we get ourselves two points. Uh, Mr. Woodmancy following in uh, Mr. Cook's uh, footsteps, picking a 2-0 Manchester United win. Sadly, didn't get any of the goal scorers correct, so just gets the two points for the correct score. So, all that does, the total week's points, uh, those two points do actually get Mr. Woodmancy off the mark for the week and do get him two points for the week. Myself and Mr. Moore, three points for the week from the three games. But Mr. Cook, with that stellar performance in the Borough game, getting the five points, takes the win for the week. Well done to you, sir. We move to the new week, week 25. And week 25's games begin with Hull City versus Cardiff City. Now, obviously, it's Mr. Woodman's uh, team, therefore he will... Go last. So I will, I'll jump in first as I have my predictions ready and ready to go in the book here. I have gone for a 2-0 Hall City home win with Tufan and Estupinian to score the goals. Uh, we'll, come to the, uh, we'll come to the guru himself, Mr. Uh, Mr. Genius over there. Mr. Andrew, how is this one going to, uh, going to go down? Obviously, everyone needs to get their punt on, you see. So we'll come to you first. So, uh, for, for funsies, I went with a Hull 1-0 win with Connolly to score. Oh! Just for funsies. 
favour. I'm waiting now for this not to happen, and Paul's like, well, it won't his birthday for about... Every every game from now to the end, it won't his birthday. Every time he doesn't score, I'm just waiting for it. Right. Just... Let me also just point out the fact that that was his first goal since the last goal he scored for Borough, which yeah, but he was in he hasn't. That hence why he's gone on loan from a Premier League side that he wasn't playing for. No, he was on loan at someone else earlier in the season. He was at Venezia in Italy. He wasn't getting a game because he shit. I don't even know his favourite ice cream, Paul. All I'm bothered about is that he scores goals for us. I see, Mister Moore. I've gone two-one Hull win. Estepinian and Connolly. Oh, and Robinson to score for Cardiff. Robinson. Don't worry, I'll pay you back in the next prediction. Thanks. Uh, go on, this year. I was going to go. So there are two things that you need to know about this game. Oh no! That you didn't know beforehand, and the first of which is, I will be in attendance. I'm getting to go again, so. <laughs> Um, the the other not so good news is that uh, Cardiff have recently changed their manager, and there's this horrible statistic about how he's the first Cardiff manager in however many times that didn't win their first game in charge, which was last week. So I guess he was probably going to take the beating for that this week. Um, but still, somewhat optimistically, somewhat optimistically, I have gone for a one-one draw. And I'm hoping that that is worst case scenario. Uh, so I've gone for Estepignon and Cardiff. And uh, uh, Robinson for Cardiff. And I was going to say, you can't, just, you can't just predict for... All of Cardiff to score. I won't do that next week. <laughs> the team if, will score. <laughs> if, if Cardiff are 1-0 up midway through the second half... I will send one of my sons that is a particular Oscar fan for a wee-wee as currently his track record is every time he leaves the stadium to go for a wee in the second half, his favourite player scores. So we shall we shall test this theory once again and I will report back next week. I see. So there you have it. There's the four predictions for Hull versus Cardiff are in the books. We move to Middlesbrough versus Blackpool. Uh, in my team, so I will go last. So, whilst we're on Mr. Woman's team, well, we just go to him for his prediction. Um, I, I believe the quote that will always live on from me is that your team must be really bad if you can't beat Blackpool. So, I have gone for Blackpool to win. No, I haven't really. I've gone for Middlesbrough 2, Blackpool nil with... The double from the, t- the two up top, I would hope, in Archer and Akpom. Archer and Akpom. Hang on, am I supposed to, for the YouTube people, am I supposed to do this? Is it, is it Archer and Akpom? Is that... Imagine if you ordered Doctor Strange on Wish and then... I don't know, Stu, can you just do it again for me, please? Uh, so we can just double check that one. Hang on, I've got oh, wait, the yeah, one yeah. Yeah, it's close. It's real close. <laughs> what can I say? Hate is going to hate. Uh, Mr. Moore, what have you got for this one? Uh, I've gone for a Borough 2-1 win. 
Yeah. Akpom. And just to return the Connolly favour, fours. Yeah. And Yates to score for Blackpool. It's got to keep the love slash hate just swilling around. Just just make sure it's there. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different Yates, so, you know, I'll accept it. Oh, no, I meant uh, fours. I don't I, I, I wasn't. Oh, sorry, I do apologise. I, I, I misconstrued the situation. Mr. Cook. Um, if you just put Matt's prediction down, but remove any goals scored by Blackpool, that'd be great. So 2-0? 2 and Foz. You're going to ride that horse until it doesn't pay off anymore, aren't you? This is the fifth season of this podcast... I mean, it's not like I'm a man who gets stuck in a, in a in a groove at any point. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, I've gone super optimistic on this one. I've gone for a four nil Borough win. Blackpool, Blackpool a second bottom, Borough a third top. It's got all the hallmarks of a thumping home win. Basically, all that, all you need to know, kids, is get your money on a one nil Blackpool win. Uh, so I've gone for Archer. Archer to score twice. And then a goalie for Akpom and Fours. We move to our final game of the week, which is a Sunday fixture and is live on Sky TV, where Nottingham Forest take on L, Star Star, DS, United. To be honest, no one needs to say the name that particular team as they are filth. Mr Moore's team, so he will have the pleasure of going last. I'll jump in first. I've gone for a 1-0 home win and I've gone for Surridge to score the goal. Mr Cook, what have you got for this one? Um, I, I remember earlier today sending a message I was like, is anybody who want to want to guess on my prediction for this one? Uh, I predicted heavily for Forrest to win. Um, so, 5-0 for me, please. Uh, Johnson to score three goals. Uh, Gibbs, White and Dennis. If all of those people are still playing for Forrest, that would be awesome. If you could just put me down for that, please. Um, also, I, I did predict uh, spontaneous combustion from uh, other players and other teams. Uh, if that happens, all the better. But, you know, yeah, 5-0 for me, please. So just quite that was a hat-trick from Johnson. Indeed. Gibbs-White. A, a one inch for Gibbs-White and Dennis. Yes, please. Do you know what? Whilst I think it's crazy, I mean, let's not be around the bush. We all want this to happen. <laughs> the only problem is, I'd say with that is, is Gibbs-White is injured at the moment. But ah! Steve, old Steve Cooper, old Steve Coops is keeping his cards close to his chest. He's injured for a while, but we don't know. Last time it, he was injured for a while, he was back the next game. Um, so you can stick with it if you want, or you can pick somebody else. Stick it. I'll, I'll, I will stick. I did see, I did see somebody that I nearly picked, but. I'll just stick with it. I'm happy. Mr. Wobbity? Um, 
I'm sorry to say that I've not gone quite as optimistic as Andy. Um, I, I've got this down for a 1-1 one, one draw. Oh, no. No, um, no, sorry. Sorry, no. No, it's not. And, and the entire reason for this is because I obviously clearly don't want Forrest to lose. And Leeds are just one of them teams that do horrible things to nicer teams. I couldn't resist going for the goal-scoring combination of Wood for Forest and Willie for Leeds. And that's because I'm a massive child. So uh, Chris Wood for Forest and Willie Nonto for Leeds United. Well, I don't really know what to do with that information. It's uh, quite harrowing. Um, I mean, we're going to come to Mr. Moore for his prediction. I want to um, preemptively predict one of the goal scorers that I think Mr. Moore's dealt And I think it might be old boy related. And I think that if it comes off, he isn't going to hang back in his celebration. I mean, if he... Okay, we'll go to the prediction. I'll address that when I get to it. Uh, So I've gone for a two-all draw. Desmond, like it. Nice things don't... Particularly when I hate a particular team, specifically managers, and I detest their manager with every fibre of my being. I didn't think the stupid bucket sitting on twat could get any worse. Oh, no, but they've managed to up themselves with the... Disney soccer coach wannabe toss pot that they've got as their manager now. I detest that man. He's just like every American coach cliche you ever dreamed of. That's like, like I said, he's like a film coach. Um, so I've gone for a two all draw. I have gone for uh, Wooden Johnson to score for Forest. <laughs> Not just me. Not just me. Um. It was like the first time they've both been been able to play. I was like, I just can't, I can't uh, give up the opportunity. Um, and then Rodrigo and Patrick Bamford. Yeah, knew it. So what was He went Wood Johnson, then somebody called Rod, and then someone's who is a massive bellend. So you know, it's all all four related, really. Wow! Shots fired. So what was the crap with Bamford? Did he come through the academy at he came, through the, he came through the academy and I, it's a funny one because I don't, I don't I, I, when he left at the time, he left to go to Chelsea to go into their farm system as it were and I think some Forest fans were a bit bitter but I think they were more bitter at the club that they didn't try to keep it as opposed to bitter with him. I think there's a little bit of stupidity that comes with fans. But then he seems to have ran with it unnecessarily. But in, in part of me thinks, all right then, Sunshine, you know, give the fans a load of crap when you score the goal because, oh my God, you will get it ten times worse because that fan base does not forgive particularly easily, particularly if you do something petulant like that. And I always find it kind of thingy of, yeah, some idiots might have said something about you when you walked out the door, but remember that that club put you where you are. 
you know, he was in the system from like eight, nine years old, and they trained him, and they, co- you know, they put him through everything to succeed, and he might, he may have succeeded anyway, but he seems to have this weird kind of bitterness about it, and you know, maybe, yeah, whatever. But yeah, but I think he'll score because he's looked quite good since he's come back. So did exactly. I don't think he helped his cause as well. Where one of his one of his earlier load moves was to Derby. So. I think that- that's been the other thing as well. He's kind of made some kind of shittier kind of moves and made comments whilst in different places as well, kind of thing. It's not uh, not much love lost, but we'll see how he goes about it. No, no. I mean, I, I, I've I've obviously got a much different opinion of Mister Bamford uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, had a much better time of it at my club. Didn't want him to sell, didn't want him to sell him, but it was when old. TP was in charge um, and uh, he didn't really fit the system although I don't really see how he didn't fit the system when the system is can we play the worst football anyone's ever seen I think that the thing with the thing with Bamford is is that I, I don't have a problem with him as a player I have and you know to be honest like some of his comment like his general kind of demeanour seems alright it's just like every so often he has to have a shitty comment about Forrest and you think you left us about 10 years ago, mate. Maybe you need to get over it because you've gone on to have a decent career. And, Absolutely. You know, like you said, like you said, you know, he left in a kind of backhanded kind of way. You know, he ne- not negotiated his way around things, but he let his contract run out and then went to to Chelsea and caused all that. And then, and then obviously went to Derby. But, you know, he perhaps didn't have any kind of comment on the decision on where he was going to go it's whichever club was going to let him play and kind of thing but then he kind of stuck the knife in by making some kind of daft comment again so you know hopefully it'll just kind of get hopefully he'll just get on with it and Forest fans will just get on with it but I doubt it let's let's also not forget the hard work he's done at keeping the physio community in a job as well so I mean he should be applauded Uh, poor old Patrick well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That brings you to the uh, the end of another week of football-based chatter, banter, nonsense, frivolity, if you will. Join us again next week where we'll break it all down again. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you some more predictions, go through some more results, and we'll, uh, we'll see where we're at. But for now, it's just left for us to say, well, for me to say thank you for these gentlemen for... Uh, for joining me to uh, take you through the world and uh, for us to say collectively, tatty bye for now. So there we go, what do you think to that? Another week of games gone, another week of games to come, new players on all the teams, it's exciting stuff. Before you go, just uh, click that subscribe button if you haven't, like the podcast, share the podcast around, uh, leave a review. Reviews are good. Help the podcast. And uh, check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. Over there, you've got some social media links and an email button. And that way, you can get in touch with us. And that's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.